Welcome, everyone. It is the latest installment of Popular Technology Radio. I am Mike Etchart. Very happy to have you here today with us. Joining me, well, John, joining me from, I, I don't get to say this very often, joining me from Vienna is my good friend, tech writer Jeff Morrison. Jeff, you sound so clear and so robust, and you are in Vienna. Um, well, this city just has such great acoustics. <laughs> that must be it. That must be it. Well, we talked about you. You actually have some pretty cool gear you're hooked up to right now. Yeah, would you believe that I'm on stage at the moment at the Opera House? I wouldn't believe that, but is it true? No, that's good, because no, I'm definitely not. But, okay. but, but it, how cool would it be if I was? That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And, you and, can, a uh, fun travel fact, you can actually do a tour of the Opera House if you want. They run them like all day long. And then there are always standing room seats that you can go for like 10 euros to see a performance at night. It's not like a big money thing. It's something that you could just kind of, every, you know, if you're a local, you just know to go to this thing every once in a while. Um, so, yeah, just as a, you know, little travel thing for you. That's good. Well, because not only are you a tech writer, but you're a travel writer also for the New York Times and for CNET and this other true. folks. So you are a... Uh, so we say switch hitter uh, in terms of your writing skills? A man comments. of many talents. Let's go with that. Let's go with yeah. that. A man of many talents. But here you are in Vienna. It's much later there than it is here in California. Um, but we appreciate you coming on. It's good to have you here. Uh, you know, I want to start the show by talking a little bit about cell phones, which would actually lead into what do you do when you travel with your cellular telephone? Well, Mike, that's a good question. <laughs> well, I always think about that. Because, you know, it's easy to, to get in trouble, shall we say, financially, yes. if you are, are not wise in how you switch over and do what you do. So what do you do because you travel a ton? Well, the easiest option is, I mean, there's no easy, easy option, obviously. But if you're already on T-Mobile or Sprint, those two companies have a fairly good I say two companies, knowing what we're going to talk about next. <laughs> uh, but they have a fairly good international roaming situations like T-Mobile will just kind of work wherever you go. Sprint, most places it'll work as long as your phone um, works there. Uh, but it's slow. It's 2G, so it's it's very slow speed. You're not going to be able to watch video or anything, but you'll be able to do email and update stuff. Google Maps will work. The next level above that is Google Fi, which is available on a number of phones now, not just Google phones. It's actually cheaper, usually. Pay 20 bucks a month, and then it's $10 a gigabyte above that per gigabyte, but that's anywhere. So my phone, when I land, whatever country it's in, it just logs in and it works just like it does at home. And whatever the fastest speed you have in that country that other people have in that country, you have as well. So basically I have 4G coverage everywhere in the world for the same amount that I pay for back home. So a Google Fi is not a phone, it's a phone service. Correct. It's just like Sprint, T-Mobile, Verizon, anything else. You get a SIM card and or it's built in if you buy one of the Google phones. Um, so that's great if someone travels a lot. There's another option that is fairly easy to do if you're on Verizon, if I remember correctly, but a little harder if you're on AT&T, is if your phone is unlocked, you can go to a different country and buy a local SIM card. So right. for 20 or $30, you can get uh, about a month's worth of data and no roaming charges. You put this little SIM card in at the shop, your phone becomes a local. Um, it works just like a phone if you bought it in a store in, let's say, Vienna. And that's a really easy, cheap way to get data wherever you go. But again, the trick has to be your phone has to be unlocked before you travel. And 
different companies. There's way too much to get into for that. But generally, I think Verizon, it's not that much of an issue. AT&T, there's hoops. You have to like own the phone and all this other stuff. And let's say you land in Vienna and you get a SIM card and you travel to the UK. Does that work in the EU countries or do you have to kind of switch? Yeah, so they passed a law a couple of years ago that you don't necessarily get roaming across the different European countries. You can definitely pick a company that will work everywhere. You can just do that. Like um, there's a company called Three, or here it's called Drei, which is German for three. That's what I always would do before I went with Google because they were cheap and they worked everywhere. So I would buy a, a Drei card in the first country I'd land in when I got to Europe, usually the UK, and then that would work in you know Italy or Austria or, or wherever else. But now it should work pretty much everywhere. Obviously, check your local listings if, depending on when you arrive somewhere. But, your but yeah, mileage may vary as we like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mileage may vary. Uh, we got to take a quick break. We are talking with Jeff Morrison. He is in Vienna. I am in California. We're going to be talking about mobile phones, though. we got to talk about Sprint and T-Mobile because they are in the news, and I want to get Jeff's thoughts on that and my thoughts. So we've got that when we come back. So stick with us. You're listening to Pop Tech Radio. Cancer is the number one cause of death by disease for children in the U.S. today. Since the Austin Hatcher Foundation's birth in 2006, it has grown to provide unique programs to help the children and the families affected by pediatric cancer. Support begins at the time of diagnosis and continues throughout survivorship at no cost to families. Lives touched by the foundation continue to rise each day. But we need your help. Donate, volunteer, or partner with the Austin Hatcher Foundation. Learn how you can get involved. Visit HatcherFoundation.org for more information. It is Pop Tech Radio. I am Mike Etchart. Jeff Morrison joins us from Vienna. He, of course, is a tech writer and travel writer for CNET and New York Times, and he is exercising the travel writer side of him right now in Vienna. We should mention, you have done a wire cutter article on the whole international travel cellular phone thing, have you not? Yeah, so there's a blog that talks about this, and then there's actually a full guide talking about what the best mobile service is if you travel a lot. And right now, that is either T-Mobile or Google Fi, depending on a bunch of different situations, different things you might be looking for. So yeah, if you go to Wirecutter, you just kind of type either of those things in there, you'll find them and give you a lot more details about what's yeah, how to do what you do when you do it, and how not to get hammered by <laughs> Well, and that's the key. That's what everyone's afraid of, yeah. And, and if you aren't careful and you are on, especially AT&T and, and Verizon, they, they're draconian in their travel pricing. Like, I, I mean, I even get comments from people like, oh, but I'll just do the travel package or something through my provider now. I'm like, yeah, but you're paying five bucks a day for like 50 megabytes. I'm saying if you get a local SIM card, it's 20 bucks and you get 10 gigs. <laughs> like, and I think people don't quite know how much data they might actually use, but if you get a 50 megabyte a day or less package, you're going to blow through that in a couple hours, you know, and, and probably by accident. Yeah, you hear horror stories of people coming home and having 
several hundred, if not sometimes several thousand dollar bills from their travel. Yeah, I mean, I've looked at all of those travel plans from those providers, and none of them are a good deal. They all want to rip you off, which is kind of what makes T-Mobile, to a lesser extent, Sprint, and then Google Fi so radically different for that. Because they're like, yeah, yeah, just use it wherever. It's fine. Which is kind of how these things should work. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you should be able to just turn it on everywhere. No question about it. Now, we should also mention Google Fi is a relatively new – I don't know. How long has that been out there? I mean, it's been out here for a while, but it's not – yeah, it's been a slow rolled out. They've been kind of like you could only do it if you were invited, I think, and then there was another level, and then eventually it was only if you had one of Google's phones, like the Pixels. Now they've rolled it out that it's available on a number of different phones, including iPhones. I mean, I have one of the data-only SIM cards from them in my laptop, which is definitely not Android. Yeah, 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 of course. And they have done deals with all the carriers, more or less, in the states here is it mostly t-mobile and yeah so it's kind of piggybacks or i guess piggyback maybe isn't the right word but it uses the cell towers of other companies so google doesn't have any hardware on the ground so to speak that your phone is talking to google is paying for your phone to use those and obviously it financially makes sense for them because they keep rolling it out in more and more sense but yes it's mostly t-mobile in the states and i think u.s cellular is a secondary and there's a third but i can't remember what it is but then when you use it in other countries, it's totally different. It's going to be some – I'd have to look through on my phone. They don't really tell you what you're connected to. Your phone just works, which I think is what most people would want anyway. Oh, that would be lovely. When you're here in the States, you're essentially probably on T-Mobile uh, for the most part when you are here in, let's say, Southern California, yes? Uh, that would be my assumption, yes. But again, like you'd you have to dig pretty deep into your settings to find exactly what provider you're on. Right. Well, as we sit here today – uh, and one of the things we wanted to talk about, of course, is the impending potential merger of T-Mobile and Sprint. This was rejected at one point by the Department of Justice. It has now been approved by the Department of Justice, which doesn't still necessarily mean it's going to happen, but it certainly is on that trajectory to likely happen. Assuming you are on T-Mobile a lot through Google Fi, have you been happy with T-Mobile in metropolitan Los Angeles in Southern California, is that is it okay for you in those you know where you kind of traverse? Yeah, I mean, states? I so I was on Sprint for years. Sprint was my first cell phone company. I was yeah. on them for a lot of years. I decided to get away from them, and then T-Mobile was definitely the next logical step for me because I had already started kind of traveling for longer and longer terms. The price was great, yada yada. So I was with T-Mobile for most of the time that I've been traveling, and and that was the first time where. Yeah, you just land in a country and the phone just works. It was just super slow. Um, that's why I switched to Google Fi instead of spending money on the SIM cards like we were talking about. So but so at home, like I've never had a problem with T-Mobile. My dad, who lives in fairly rural or very rural New Hampshire, he couldn't have T-Mobile at all or Sprint. Um, he could only get Verizon because that's the only towers that, were, that actually would penetrate the wilderness for whatever reason. <laughs> I've never had a problem with T-Mobile. I've, I've always had good luck with them. Like it, I only left because Google Fi was a better deal for me. But that is kind of beside the point and almost anecdotal for the overall idea of losing this piece of competition. And instead of having three major cell phone companies, we're going to go down to having 
or four major companies we are and I go down to three. Yes. And that was, I think, the big holdup, which is why the Dish Network thing seemed like that might be. And I get you can probably talk about that. Well, let's talk about that when we come back. We've got to take a quick break. You're listening to Pop Tech Radio. Mike Etchard and Jeff Morrison. We've got more on the impending, perhaps, merger of T-Mobile and Sprint. It's Pop Tech Radio. Brembo has been stopping champions on the track as well as drivers like you and me on the street for over 50 years. Whether it's UV-coated brake discs, low-dust premium ceramic brake pads, or high-temperature brake fluid, BremboStoreUSA.com is the place to go to buy genuine Brembo OE-equivalent replacement brake components. Go to BremboStoreUSA.com to help you achieve that 60-0 braking performance you deserve and expect from Brembo. Brembo, the choice of champions and consumers for over 50 years. We're back. It is Pop Tech Radio. Jeff Morrison joins us from, I don't get to say this very often, Jeff Morrison joins us from Vienna. He, of course, is a travel and tech writer for the New York Times and CNET, among many, many others. He is staying up late to join us on the show. We appreciate that. Jeff? Well, mostly I'm just delaying dinner. It's not that late. <laughs> All right. Well, you you got to be nine hours ahead of me in California, I'm thinking. I don't know. Uh, I think that's right. Yes, it's, it's like six o'clock. I don't go to bed at six. I'm not. Oh, wait, you do go to bed at six. I forgot. You're like, you know, <laughs> early to bed guy. Hardly, hardly, hardly. But anyway, so we seven, seven, seven p.m. Then I guess seven p.m. There, you go. that's much more more reasonable. Uh, hey, we are talking, of course, about this impending merger of T-Mobile and Sprint. Now, I have had uh, you mentioned you were at Sprint and then T-Mobile, and now you're on Google Fi, which presumably is mostly T-Mobile where you live. Uh, and I am an AT&T customer at the moment. I've had all four at different times. Uh, wow. When I had <clears> – but I live in a – I live and I kind of traveled through a semi-rural area. And when I was – I was working for a company that gave us a company phone that was Sprint uh, many moons ago. And I thought that was terrible service. And then we hmm. switched to T-Mobile. And I learned what really terrible service was. <laughs> For me, in the area that I live, and, and all of these things kind of depend on where you live. And I think for both, sure. both T-Mobile and Sprint have built up their networks considerably since I have them. But I still think, like your dad, if you're in semi-rural areas, you do those two services do fall down a bit still. Um, and here we are, they're trying to merge them. And as you said, actually, on the break, you had the best line of the show, perhaps, which is, how often do you see the attorneys general of uh, New York and California and Texas joining together as they are to oppose this merger. It ostensibly is taking four, moving it down to three. But then the wild card is Dish kind of jumping in and Dish as, as part of the approval process would get some of Sprint's assets and they would start a fourth carrier. Right. And that was, for me, I'm looking at it when I first heard about this, I was like, this is a bad idea. This is uh, going to be bad for consumers. And, you know, we're going to end up with one cell phone company. Yeah. You know, so we're going to go back to the Ma Bell issue, you know. But then I was reading about the Dish Network. or the, Yeah, Dish Network. I, in my head, I'm going, why are you saying Dish Network? We're talking about cell phones. But that's the weirdness of this company. And I, 
okay, well, maybe they're going to want to make a go for it because why not, I guess? It's another revenue stream. Well, they've been I mean, about it for a long time, that wanting to jump into this. I think they've acquired some bandwidth through various means. Right. But they right. And that's where the big money is. Right. But they haven't really jumped in, and nor have they even yet. It seems odd to me that the Department of Justice would kind of start brokering kind of a deal like this. Um, yeah. As I read it, it's kind of how they're participating. So, uh, I don't yeah. know. You know, these things never work out for consumers. I'll just stay no. at the top. They never do. No. No, no, never. And it's funny because I know there's certainly going to be plenty of pro-business people, let's call it that way, who, who are going to be on the side of businesses in situations like this. But in reality, they wouldn't be doing it if they couldn't make money at it. And they're not going to be making money at it if they're keeping the consumer as the main point. So that's a whole rabbit hole. But for all those reasons, I was very much like, no, this is a terrible idea. But now it's like, well, Dish might be willing to, and might be able to do something and but then how long would it take them to get to be a you know a good rival and, I mean, and it's, now out, we, it's, out, it's out of our hands certainly. it is it's unfortunate because it shouldn't be but it is but you know we should point out dish they did try to buy sprint back in 2013 and i think they at some point considered buying t-mobile as well the guy who runs dish is a guy named charlie uh, ergen and he has talked about this for a long time he's wanted to do this for a long time but my guess, like you know, like all satellite and television and cable providers, they're losing customers. So he's looking at it a way to build his company up and to not lose customers, to gain customers. So and now that all of the legislation about internet neutrality is gone, yes. I could certainly see in some back room somewhere, or maybe even in public, Tim talking about or or having someone there having the idea. Oh well, we'll have this whole installed customer base of our cell phones, and then we can stream all of our content, you know, or our service to it for free for people who sign up for that. And then we'll just slow down Netflix, you know, or or whatever um, on our phones. And like there's a whole other level to it there. And I don't know. It's, I mean, it's just the way things are going. But, but the fact that California, New York and Texas uh, are all opposed for this. And you know that other attorneys general are also going to be jumping on board with this now. Who knows if this is actually going to happen? I mean, maybe they'll delay it for another two years and then or a year and then see what happens after that change right right and this, this of course comes on the heels of at&t buying you know the warner the hbo assets and exactly that hasn't turned out so well for consumers at all as everybody said it would not um i don't know if people really concern themselves with thinking about this i certainly do because at the end of the day again i know this is going to mean higher bills no matter what service you're on um less competition means higher bills well, and T-Mobile was always that scrappy upstart that was doing anything they could and pushing kind of the the boundaries of things because they wanted to get more subscribers. So they would offer these cool things like, hey, you can travel and not have international roaming. And, oh, you can, you know, here's this, you can watch this stuff for free or you can do this for free um, as a way to get customers. Well, what's the motivation for that if they are the equals to these other two two giants? Um, what is the motivation for any of them to really push? Maybe that is it. It's like, oh, they're all big, and so they all can now push. I, I don't know. It's, But less competition always just seems like a bad idea. Exactly. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Pop Tech Radio, Mike Etchart with Jeff Morrison, and we will be right back.
It's Dodge Performance Days, where that new car smell gets replaced by the scent of burned rubber. With Dodge Charger and its available best-in-class 485 horsepower, Dodge Challenger Hellcat Red Eye, with up to 797 horsepower and 707 pound-feet of torque, and the powerful seven-passenger Dodge Durango. Hurry in for great deals now at Dodge Performance Days. Ward's large regular car vehicle segment. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Hey, welcome back. It is Popular Technology Radio. I am Mike Etchard. Jeff Morrison is joining us from the lovely, I assume, his lovely place in Vienna. I'm my friend's place, yeah. <laughs> See, you could have just said it's your place, and I would have believed you, Jeff. My pied-à-terre, yes. My pied-à-terre in Vienna. I have them all over. Of course you do. And that, of course... The lavish world of a travel writer. Yes, he is. He's a tech and travel writer for CNET and the New York Times. And we are talking about the potential merger of T-Mobile and Sprint and what that means for you and I, uh, all of us that are on cellular uh, telephones, and what that means is it concerning to any of you it is to me and i think it is to jeff um dish being the potential wild card in this being the kind of propped up fourth carrier here's here's yeah. the two possibilities is that dish makes a go for it they become this fourth entity um and they become competition now okay that's certainly possible that they would throw that money in there um as far as i know they're still second to direct tv which is now AT and T, right? right. Yeah. Um, so okay. So maybe maybe they'll have a bit more success in in the cellular world. If that was possible, why would Sprint and T Mobile be willing to sell this stuff the way they have? They're opening up this opponent down the road. Obviously, they had to. That was part of the deal. Or what I think is far more likely is Dish makes a show of going for this for a number of years. And then one of these three companies buys up the remains. Maybe maybe it's Sprint, T-Mobile, whatever that entity becomes, S-Mobile. Um, maybe they're the ones who buy up the remains. Oh, yeah, well, you couldn't do it. Oh, we'll, we'll buy that back from you. Well, and now we're back to where we started. Or they'll buy the whole thing. They'll buy all of Dish because they need to continue. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good. Yeah. So, far more likely. Far more likely. Right, right. So, you know, CNET actually has a really good article on this. And quoting from that, it says, T-Mobile and Sprint must divest Sprint's prepaid business, which is including Boost Mobile, Virgin Mobile, and Sprint prepaid, uh, which accounts for about 9 million prepaid subscribers. And then they also have to give up a certain amount of spectrum to Dish within three years and then I mean that's I mean that's the the biggest part of this is that what people don't really think about is they're not making any more spectrum like that's, that's the fun. that's the prize and that, almost the rest of it is kind of just going along with it and that, that's kind of one of the some of the criticism is a lot of this stuff happens like Dish uh, has to get access to up to twenty thousand of new T-Mobile's decommissioned cell sites within three years so a lot of from what I kind of have, have gathered a lot of the attorneys general are are saying a lot of this stuff kind of phases in. Even if this becomes successful, it's not going to happen for, let's say, three years. So you're not going to really have much competition by this new dish entity. 
until they get all of these assets, which will happen over a certain period of time. So it seems thrown together and kind of, I applaud them being creative, I suppose. Yeah. The um, New York Attorney General, Letitia James, um, she brought up a good bunch of really good points. Uh, one, like we talked about, Dish doesn't actually operate a wireless business right now. Um, Dish has never <laughs> built right. or run a wireless business. They've talked about it, but they haven't done uh, it. Yeah, and then Dish has, in her words, broken promises to the FCC to build out a network using Spectrum leased from the federal government. And then Dish has a future success that's uh, as a viable competitor that is dependent on T-Mobile because it's going to release their network access. Because that's this prepaid business that we talked about. Those phones still run on T-Mobile's business. So the customers are going to Dish Network, but the network that they're on is still being run by T-Mobile. So T-Mobile is still going to be getting money from that. Most of it will still be going to Dish Network at that point. But it's wow, it's weird. It's weird, Mike. I don't know. It's Byzantine is what it is. And... It just feels, again, you know, when you looked at the, the AT&T deal, you know, that was clean in terms of, and again, I don't think it's worked out for consumers, but it didn't require all of this kind of propping up something and this over here. So maybe it's not going to happen because of that. Even in the planning stages, it feels very um, kludgy. How's that? It does. I have yet to hear, read, or see anything that's why they should be doing this. I mean, I'm sure they're going to say, oh, for growth or to expand and to compete or but there's no I haven't heard anything that actually like oh well if you're a T-Mobile customer you'll be able to do this yeah. there's none of that there's none of that that's you know sell me on this idea of why I should be able, with all of these risks that we've discussed for the negatives other than shareholder value and the fiduciary responsibility that these CEOs have to increase shareholder value what does the consumer who owns like one share or less? Uh, why do they care? Why why should this be okay to happen? And, and I think that's kind of what these attorneys generals are saying. And I like to applaud us for keeping to say attorneys general. Um, I just I just <laughs> grammatically just, correct is that we're just so we're so good we're so good Mike. <laughs> yes to all of those, but it's never about consumers, even though they will try to paint it as it is, and it sure doesn't. Although they're not really even saying that now. They're, they're, like, as you said, they're not really saying much about what any consumer benefit will be. It's all about these efficiencies, the yada, yada, yada that always happens when two large companies merger. And, uh, you know, it just seems like at some point, I, I, I wonder if there is blowback from the AT&T thing. I don't, I don't hear people, you know, certainly nobody's marching in the streets about it. Um, but yeah. I sure have noticed that my bills have gone up on both of those services and it drives me nuts. Um, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And on that note though, we do need to take a break as we hate the concept of merger. <laughs> <laughs> we are clearly not supporting of this particular merger, but we will talk a little bit more about that when we come back. You are listening to Popular Technology Radio. Stay right there. Have you ever tried to plan a vacation and the hotel costs, airfare, and pet sitter all add up to one big never mind? 
Well, it's time to embrace the adventure and go RVing instead. GoRVing.com is your one-stop shop for all things RV camping. Browse the different types of RVs, find a rental agent or dealer near you, and compare the costs. Explore more than 16,000 RV parks and campgrounds nationwide, and even plan your menus for the trip. Find out what you've been missing at GoRVing.com. That's GoRVing.com. Technology Radio, you are listening to. I am Mike Etchart. Jeff Morrison joins us from Vienna. He, of course, is the, a uh, tech and travel writer for CNET and the New York Times and many others. And we are talking about the proposed merger of T Mobile and Sprint, the ramifications of said potential merger. We are clearly not digging it, so to speak. A lot of this, we've got 5G on the horizon, Jeff. Mm. Uh, or do we? I mean, it, it's coming. Well, it it is for sure. But it's it's very expensive rollout, and I'm going to guess that one of the the cost savings for a T-Mobile and Sprint merger is that as they roll out 5G, it's going to be if it's now a larger company, they're going to be able to afford that in a in a way that they as individual companies they cannot. Dish wants to be in the 5G business, but now they're going to be in that position where it's going to be very expensive rollout for them if they indeed get to be this new fourth carrier. Um, are you excited about 5G, or, or is your excitement tempered? Um, my excitement is theoretical, <laughs> as much okay. as 5G is, I think. Yes. Um, so so I, I know, having read a bunch about it and seeing some videos uh, you know, demonstrating it, I think it eventually will absolutely be a, a tremendous leap forward because the additional bandwidth, the additional speed, I mean, you know, if you're downloading Facebook, who cares? But and even streaming video, it's not even that big of a deal. But it kind of that much you know, bandwidth is always good. And there's always going to be new uses for it that maybe we haven't even thought of yet. So I do think it is going to be a huge leap forward. And, and certainly all of these companies are going to have their eye on it because, you know, the advantage there is, is, is incredible, but it's, it, you're right. It's going to be an expensive and slow rollout. Um, at least in the U S you know, smaller kind of, I mean, I saw a bunch of ads for 5g stuff when I was in the UK last month and it was, but yeah, they have, you know, one and a half islands, not even, I'm yep. gonna get in trouble for that. One and a quarter, <laughs> and some other the the Orkneys, and it's a it's small. It's it's a small amount of land that they have to roll out 5G, and that's not even the amount of land that California has. Plus, these companies aren't really motivated to roll it out very quickly anyway, because it's a cost. So it'll happen, but it's gonna be a while. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a while, and Dish has been talking about this for a while. They they wanted to get into it, and and now that there here's. A, potential opportunity for for charlie to get into it um but does that really play into this i suppose is it going to be a factor is is it is that why this is going to be allowed uh, let's say let, let's say the department of justice kind of is looking at this do, do they even factor that in it's a good question and and it's certainly could be an argument that t-mobile and sprint would present as why they need to team up because together they would be able to roll it out in theory 
roll it out faster than they could individually because they would have more money to spend, whereas they would be individually left behind bigger companies like Verizon and AT&T rolling this out um, and potentially reaping the rewards from either additional or new consumers or people switching because they want something that's faster and so forth. Um, so that's that's hard to say. Um you know, and, and on the break, another aspect of this, on the break, uh, you know, our producer Cody was talking about, um, asking us about the satellites, you know, that, that you have a couple companies like SpaceX yes. who are rolling out satellite internet. And whether, why... We're talking you know, about... <laughs> talking, yeah. not, not rolling it out yet, but they're talking about it. Well, they are. They've launched satellites. I mean, they, they yeah. it, it's not... You can't sign up for it yet, but they are doing it and they, they are making... Uh, strides towards it's not just on a piece of paper they've they've put satellites in yes, in the yes. sky right uh, so but they're not anywhere close to the twelve thousand I think it was that they're planning on putting up there yeah it takes a ton of satellites to to do this and 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 it's a noble noble gesture I mean it, it people forget that there's tons of rural areas that do not have not only do let do they not have cell coverage but they do not they have, have internet no internet exactly yeah. Oh point. yeah, and and we're not sadly we're not even it's, it's we're talking about places in the U.S. I mean they, that they right. don't have high speed internet. So, uh, and why is that? Well, then you have companies like AT and T who doesn't want to run the cables out that far because it's one customer who's two miles from the hub. You know, like right. um, my dad had a similar situation where he was trying to get high speed internet for years at his place in his his cabin basically in New Hampshire, and the company's like, no, like you're at the end of that road. There's no one else there. Why would we do that? They eventually did. But it took a while. Yes. So yeah. this, so so you have you have SpaceX, who's kind of leap, kind of leapfrog that. And like, no, we'll just beam it down from space, um, and they're able to do that. And and Cody had a good question of like, well, why isn't you know, Dish Network? They have satellites. Why wouldn't they just combine the two? Um, and so what I was going into, and you'd stop me to figure we talk about it on the air. So so like the the satellites that Dish Network uses. Um, when they're all satellites are expensive, but these are also much higher up in orbit because they want to have as few satellites as possible covering the widest right. possible coverage. So these are very far away. Um, SpaceX kind of wants the opposite. Each one of their satellites isn't going to handle that much information, that much you know data going back and forth. Plus, they don't want much of a delay because it's back and forth. So you want something um, that they can kind of talk to each other and the satellites can... Um, I think they're only a few hundred miles in, into orbit right. as opposed to the Dish Network ones, which I think are like 10, 20,000, I think, miles in orbit. There's a whole different orbital mechanics aspect to it um, of why. But, um, but yes, I mean, it's obviously not yet another reason why Dish Network would want some sort of infrastructure on the ground to get internet or their services or whatever. Right. And my selfish hope for 5G is that it would be a broadband service outside of my cellular plan that would be competition for, in my case, Spectrum or or DSL. You know, it'd be right. the third right. option for internet in the home. I, it's unclear whether that's truly gonna gonna materialize. I mean, it, it, that that is the point. I mean, that is something that I've read as well that people are kind of hoping for something like that. Is instead of spending money on cable or DSL or whatever, that they just put the, one of these little you know, like an antenna up or something, and then they can get this kind of internet 5G through there. Now, is that likely? I don't know. Is there going to be enough bandwidth? And that is part of the sale of 5G, that it is more bandwidth. Is there going to be enough that they would allow you to have unlimited data like you do now so that you can watch Netflix in 4K on five screens in your house? 
<laughs> and every and every house does that on your block. I, uh, maybe I, I don't know, but it seems more likely that at least initially it's going to be yeah you can have five G. It'll cost you fifty bucks a gigabyte, but sure, go for it. Right. Yeah, and I recognize that my wish is likely not going to come true. Um, but I kind of hope for that because it just feels. But we, but we have internet. We have unlimited internet for large, mostly unlimited internet on cell phones, and we didn't think that was going to be possible. Right. Ten, right. ten years ago. So it's it's you know who who knows? Who really knows? It is possible. Is it probable? Well, that that is the, really the discussion. To have. That is, is the discussion. It's always the discussion. On that note, we will take a quick break. We're coming back with. Our friend in Vienna, Jeff Morrison, and myself. So stay right there. Pop Tech Radio. Over the years, automakers have spent a lot of time talking about the future. At Kia, they don't sit around dreaming of a better tomorrow because they already made it so that you can have it today. Introducing Kia's lineup of electrified Nero SUVs, the hybrid, the plug-in, and the electric with an EPA-estimated range of 239 miles. Because the future is just the future until we make something of it. Kia, give it everything. 239-mile EPA-estimated range on a full charge. Actual range may vary. Nero EV is in select retailers and select markets with limited availability. It's Pop Tech Radio. Mike Etchar, Jeff Morrison, he of the New York Times and CNET. He is all over the place. And he is in Vienna right now. He is hanging out. For this last segment, you know, we've been talking about uh, the potential of this thing happening. The Department of Justice has approved it. If you're a betting man, what do you think the odds are that it's going to go through? Mm, that is I a tough think, bet. And I, it is. And I think with California, as we said a couple segments ago, California and New York joining together, uh, the, the attorneys general, that's one thing. But now Texas is in it. That's kind of a wild card because you don't typically see those states acting in concert. Um, and probably Bipartisan support for something that they hate. Right. Americans can come together. There you go. In hate, in hatred. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it is, it is uh, the basis for a good, solid relationship, isn't it? Well, and that's probably between those three states. I got to think that's maybe between a third and a half of the country in terms of population. Maybe not quite. Yeah, that. but that's pretty close. Of, yeah, that's a lot of people. Or a lot of representatives of those people saying, uh, we're not digging this. We do not yeah. this. So I think that really kind of – I guess I'm going to say at this point it's a 50-50 chance. And maybe even yeah, – I think that's fair. I think maybe it's 60-40, 60 being that it's not going to happen. Yeah, or at least they're going to delay it long enough and then the companies will just give up. <laughs> well, they originally said no, the DOJs, but then they figured out a way to kind of say yes – it just seems weird that they figured out a way to say yes, I suppose. They, they made that happen with this kind of phantom fourth dish network company. This is going to be topic of discussion moving forward for a while because I don't think it's going to be fast, even if it does happen. Yeah, and I'm sure it's going to be talked about in, in many different circles at CES in January because I don't think it's, anything's going to get resolved before then. No, and you're sitting in Vienna, obviously, in Austria. Are these companies also there in, in a big way? I know they all have sort of regional and, and national phone companies you can you can get cellular service from, but is this playing out at all over there? Uh, no. T-Mobile is, I think, partially owned by Deutsche Telekom, or they were. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but that's the only really crossover. And then I think Verizon has some connection as well. 
maybe to Vodafone, I think. I don't know. There's so many of these companies all over the world that this company owns a piece of this company that owns a piece of this company, and it's all very incestuous when it comes to this stuff, sharing patents and technologies and yada yada. So, no, not really. But as goes the U.S., tends to go other places. So what happens might show up like, oh, they can do it? Well, then, yeah, let's combine our three companies down into one. Yeah, yeah. And it is much cheaper over there, isn't it, for, for cellular service in general? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, Vienna or Austria specifically, I mean, I I mentioned earlier in the show about buying SIM cards and Austria was one of the cheapest that I could get. I mean, for six euros, you could get a week or two worth of like with like two gigs of data. I mean, it was nothing, um, which is great. But that's not necessarily the case if you, you know, in other countries. But each country over here has, although it's all the EU, they're going to have generally have like local laws that change things a little bit, maybe a little more taxes on this, or a little less on this, and so forth. Yeah, yeah. But by and large, it is less expensive to get cellular service over there. Phones are expensive everywhere, but the service, from what I've read, is is pretty substantially cheaper over there. And that's unfortunate that, that we... Yeah, it can be. It can be for sure. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what my friends were paying when they were on AT&T or Verizon. I can't remember what it was. And they were talking about how they were spending $100 each a month. And I was like, oh, how? Like, how are you doing that? Because when I was on... Sprint, it was I was paying like seventy. I think T-Mobile was around seventy. I'm I'm averaging about fifty on Google Fi. Like, how are you people spending so much money? But again, like you had said, some places you have to because you can't get service on anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it seems to me that Verizon and AT&T are a couple of notches above the other two in terms of price, and that's kind of the price you pay for living in. It's an area that that requires you to have those. You know, I think they know that they are the most built-out systems here in the states, and that they can command a little bit more money. Although you have to kind of keep shopping it because it does change from time to time. They do offer different deals, and at different times, it's. I think the wire cutter does a pretty good layout of at a given point what's the best value. But again, so much depends on if it even works. That is a good article, and what is also a good article is the one that I wrote on traveling with these services and which is the best for that oh bringing it all back around I, I, didn't, I didn't write the other one so but everybody at wirecutter knows what they're doing they're they're a bunch of smart people a bunch of smart nerds who love nerding out about this stuff and that's why i love that site so on that note we do need to wrap it up jeff i want to thank you a thousand thank yous for joining us from vienna it was lovely uh it's a little warm here i'll tell you but uh, but otherwise it's quite nice well safe travels and uh thanks everyone Thank for listening it today we sure appreciate it don't forget we are podcast wherever you get your podcasts which for me is apple itunes and you can find us anywhere if you want to go back and revisit some older episodes and big thanks to radio america they carry our show across uh, the terrestrial stations across the u.s big thanks to mike paradiso and jenny ditas and all of those folks also, a thousand thank yous to Cody Castleberry. He's our producer and engineer for the show. So on that note, folks, have a great week. We will see you next time on PopTech Radio. The big news from Subaru is the three-row Ascent. It's the biggest SUV from Subaru ever. There's room for seven or eight passengers with a choice of second-row captain's chairs or bench seating. It'll tow up to 5,000 pounds. It has interior space you need for your whole crew. And it gets you where you want to go with the safety of a Subaru, including standard symmetrical all-wheel drive. The three-row Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. Maximum towing capacity varies by trim level, and trailer brakes may be required. See your retailer for details.